It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the honored owner of KAAM Radio and co-host of this program, thoroughly seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you. I'm sitting with my co-host, my friend, my attorney, who should, I repeat, be your attorney, our Dallas estate planning expert, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How you doing? Doing fine, thank you. Happy October. I hope you're well and working hard and loving this fall weather, I hope. Yeah, well, it's, after the brutal summer we've had, uh, it's, it's a welcome relief. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. I've had enough of the heat myself. Um, we're going to talk about new heat, new laws that affect our listeners that just went into effect September 1st that they should know about. So, Michael, please elaborate on them. Yeah, some of them will be more important than others, and they're just little bitty things here and there, and it could affect you, it could possibly not, or it might be just interesting. Uh, some things are might be more uh, attorneys might be more interested in, and other things are just everyday uh, things that you might want to know about. So the first one I'm going to mention is that you know, let's say you're older and you have a driver's license, mm -hmm. but you no longer drive. Uh, there's a thing called a Texas ID card. Well, a uh, personal ID card that now you could change. You give up your driver's license. Uh, basically, you could change it online or by phone. Uh, you could surrender your driver's license and get the Texas ID card without having to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Okay. This has been a real problem for a lot of people. We had somebody last week that they can't get out of their home. They're homebound. And uh, so there's actually services. Now, they had already had their driver's license expire. They said, how do I get a Texas ID card? Because a lot of times that's necessary for whatever, mm -hmm. wherever you might go. And mm -hmm. so uh, actually there's a program through the Department of Motor Vehicles called Homebound mm -hmm. where they could actually come to where you live and take your photo, uh, et cetera. Uh, to get a Texas wow. ID card. Amazing. So it's, it, most people are not affected by this, but as you get older, a lot of times people will be, and so that's a new law. Can I sandbag you and ask you, do you know what the laws are for voting, for example? Do you need just a Texas ID to vote, or do you need a driver's license as well? Well, I mean, I guess this is something that seems to continually change, but I would think you would need some sort of identification, but not everybody drives, so I would think a Texas ID card would be sufficient. Okay, good to know. Thank you. All righty. What else? Um, you know, a lot of people as they age, let's say uh, in the past, if you were uh, over 65 and you had a homestead exemption, uh, you had and you had a surviving spouse, uh, you, the surviving spouse would have to uh, fill in or try to create the homestead exemption to continue. If that surviving spouse 
is over 65, uh, you no longer have to go and reapply for the homestead exemption. And let me ask you first, because we're going to do a program in the near future, probably next week, about people moving to Texas. But when they move to Texas, they don't know what a homestead exemption is because they're not from here. It's almost like at least a South thing, if not a Texas thing. So can you explain the homestead exemption? Oh, yeah. So you're right. And and this is why it's important for people who um, have just moved here to know this, that uh, you you pay less property taxes if you have a homestead. Uh, it's very important in lots of different ways. And, of course, if you're over 65 uh, or if you're disabled, uh, you could get an, another exemption, which should have lower property taxes. And, by the way, if somebody is a permanently a disabled veteran, then they don't even pay uh, the taxes. Uh, so most people are not aware of that if they've got the uh, highest rating for, uh, you know, being injured in service. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a special rule for veterans. Great. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, most people don't, a lot of people are not aware of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, so if you're a veteran out there and you've got the highest, you know, the highest rating, um, then uh, you could take advantage. Of course, a lot of people who are disabled veterans would certainly want to know about that. I would bet. The other thing I like about, one of the many things I love about Texas, and I got here as quickly as I could 16 years ago, is the fact that Property taxes are a big thing for people in Texas, and I know the governor was able to convince the Senate and and all the leaders here to lower the property taxes only by $18 billion. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. So spread out uh, amongst all property owners, people are really going to save nicely here. Yeah, I mean, the problem is like our property tax rate it was one of the higher ones. So you know, you think um, uh, it's the you know you think of states like California, uh, where you say, oh my goodness, all these high property tax rates. Now our rates are actually higher than California, Amazing. but of course the property values are greater in California. Yeah. So it's a I mean, so you might pay more taxes there, but the actual rate mm-hmm. was greater here or is greater here at least until the election, and we'll see what happens uh, then. But I anticipate that there's not going to be people, that many people voting against lowering their taxes. Yes, exactly <laughs> right. That's very true. Well, that's great that we're able to pull that off. Hopefully, it'll make a difference for a lot of homeowners. I hope so. I just, I'm always skeptical that they raise values and yeah. and then they say, or they'll do something that say, oh, gee, I still have, it's not going to save me that much. It's much ado about nothing. But I hope that, I hope that it'll save a lot of taxes and I'm, I'm, they're supposed to. Right. But, but we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it yeah. just because. Uh, I mean, that was the signature thing from the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and so uh, hopefully, and that's what a lot of voters want to know and or do. And, and, and uh, mm-hmm. so I applaud them for getting something done. They got it done, which is amazing in and of itself. I just wonder, and I think the number is $18 billion, where is that money going to now come from? From the economy growth and job growth and those kinds of things? Or is it going to come from something else? Well, you know... To me, every when it comes to politics, everything is subject to change. Mm-hmm. And so, if you take for, if you take less from one pot, you're going to have to take away from some other pot. Right. And whether it's going to be uh, if some other group doesn't benefit, whether it's uh, teachers 
or whether it's uh, Medicaid or whether it's uh, something else, uh, you know, the anticipation is growth and things. And, and, and that's real, realistic because all the projections do show that Texas, uh, you know, is really going to continue to grow. And, and we can see it. I mean, just like you were saying, if you go out and drive around this area, you'll see a lot of California license plates or whatever. Sure. And, and, um, uh, and of course, people there, as we just mentioned, the property values are higher. So when they they buy homes here that are obviously uh, that that seems cheap to them, sure, uh, and that just raises prices, and right. so it's it so it has its good and its bad. Yeah, the migration issue, uh, people moving to Texas or coming to Texas yeah. from the South as well, which is an issue. But yeah. you're right; you never know with politics, the give and take, and the wars that go on there. I think the mayor last month just switched parties from Democrat to Republican, well, Eric Johnson, uh, which was crazy. But no, I think that's political. You see, uh, in my mind, Uh-oh. that, okay, so, I mean, this that, is just my own speculation. Well, I mean, this tells me that he wants to run for some, uh, I don't know, of course, uh, some sort of either statewide or federal. Interesting. Right. And so, and if Texas is a Republican state, right. uh, then this is saying that I want to go to a higher office and I don't want to say that that's what I'm doing, but that's what I read between the tea leaves. But that's, that's just my point. opinion because he's going out of office. So why would you do that uh, if you're running? If you're going to continue to run right. uh, in, in Dallas County as Democratic, right. then you would stay as a Democrat. But if you had aspirations for a uh, some either statewide or uh, federal office, then I would see that uh, Republican would be a better bet. Uh, in Texas. I think you're exactly right. I didn't go there. Uh, is he, he done next year in 24? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's yes. four months away. Yeah. Right. Three months so, away. So he's already there basically. But yeah, I think you're right. And he's black, which makes him rare for a Republican. Uh, who's a Tim Scott who's running for president? Yeah. He's black, which I think attracts some black voters too. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this man does. Yeah. Well, that just, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I, when I read that, that's what I yeah. think. Makes perfect sense. All righty, back to the topic at hand then, Michael. New laws that, that became, in, or went into effect September 1st. Yeah. Another one. Now, this is one that's um, uh, in the estates code, uh, which governs estates. There's lots of different, previously on any type of hearing, uh, you had to go to court. This is before COVID. Um, and when COVID hit, you could have uh, all sorts of remote hearings on things that were not really too contested generally. Okay. So, for example, if you had a uh, will that wasn't being contested, they just have to prove up that the will is good. So for those who don't know, if you have a will, it's not that you just have to have a will. If there's something that needs to be transferred, or you need to pay bills. You have to court have to go to basically the court has to approve that's a good will. Okay. Uh, during COVID, when we you know we couldn't be together, uh, they said you could do things remotely. So a lot Which of times via Zoom. Right, right, okay. right. So now we do it by often we do it by Zoom. Now some courts prefer that you go into the court, but it does give the permanent. Uh, ability to do it by Zoom, uh, it, and, and so it really depends on the judge as to what they do. Or as to, so we've had a probating of a will in Corpus Christi this year, uh, where the person died, but that was a proper jurisdiction, uh, but and venue. But we were in Dallas mm-hmm. uh, probating the will, uh, and a lot of times they'll look at 
uh, just uh, where the if there, where the executor might be located in some places. So we had one that was in Lubbock. They said, well, we had co-executors, and they said, oh, since one of the co-executors is in Lubbock, we want the hearing here in. We want to come to have to have the attorney come to court. Mm-hmm. So really, every and some say, oh, if you're not within a certain distance, uh, then then we could do it remotely. So it really it depends on the um, judge. Uh, but at least our state legislature has made it where uh, that you can um, can do it remotely if the judge wants to and on less important things. Now, a lot of times they don't want to do that because it puts the docket behind if somebody's late. Oh, true. And it gets it, it raises you know, so so yeah. a lot of judges don't want that. Well, yeah. What if they don't like the attorney and they want him to drive three hours or something? Yeah, like well, that? yeah. <laughs> I guess well, that happens too sometimes. Well, I mean, you know, like on the one in Lubbock, we said, well, you need to get. We'll give you somebody. His name in Lubbock. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we said, okay. look, it's it's not. I mean, you say, look, it's not worth it to pay me right. to go to Lubbock, get somebody local. Here's some names that okay. I know. Okay. You know, something like that. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Um, the CFO of KWM, Sarah, she told me yesterday that now uh, it's called Zoom AI. Oh, really? And now you can have someone take the minutes of a Zoom call via AI, someone, some computer, some software, some robot, take the minutes of a Zoom call, and then you can just tell them to make sure they're accurate. I'm like, wow. Because they take these salient words, and they then add to them, apparently, plus or minus uh, proper words to complete a sentence, and then create the minutes, and then you tailor it. Wow. Wow, is right. I said, and Michael and I are... I don't know. I think we're both in our 60s now. I just turned 60 last month, and we didn't believe this was even possible. Well, unthinkable 30, 40 years ago, but even possible 10 or 20 years ago, and now it's a reality. I told a friend of mine, uh, you know, that I'm glad that I practice when I practice because (laughs) in the future— I, I don't know how AI is going to impact things, but it's going to have such a substantial impact. It's not that I'm, you know, it's, it's something I guess you have to embrace, just like you're just saying, and mm-hmm. just go with it. But mm-hmm. uh, it's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. I told Sarah, we're going to, I think, as long as I'm alive, I think, as my disclaimer, work this way. They can create it, but then we tailor it so that it fits and meets the needs of all the concerned parties. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah, I mean, anything that's beneficial to whomever, right. then that, you know, embrace it. As Don't long as it doesn't cost people jobs. That's yeah. what I'm concerned about, the people. I don't want AI to replace individuals. They say they won't because AI can't judge. It doesn't have the judgment that people do or the wisdom that people do. It's just more of a fact finder and, and it calls information, Then, but you have to... Uh, tailor it to make it right. I'm good with that as long as it doesn't replace jobs. Well, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to replace jobs, and and but there'll be new jobs, and 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 so the college graduate today might be doing something that was never been a job before. Well said. I agree, do agree with that. Unfortunately, I'm still about people. I know you're about people. So let's talk about what else happens okay. September first that affects the listeners. All right. Um, okay. So. Let's switch to a little bit on um, uh, on the estate planning side on powers of attorney. Okay. You know, let's say you have a, an agent that's kind of gone rogue. You know, sometimes they uh, power of attorney, first of all, is a document 
that um, gives somebody the authority to act on your behalf. Uh, you could either have it effective immediately or spring upon disability. Mm-hmm. So all types of like financial transactions. Uh, in the past, it's the principal or I suppose somebody uh, who could complain. Well, now they're giving the government, like some governmental agencies, the ability to go to court if a power of attorney, if the agent has gone kind of rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, let's say you have a, an agent that um, had, there's no self-dealing in the power of attorney, and they start giving money to themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you're supposed to act on behalf of the principal. Mm-hmm. That could actually even be a felony as a fiduciary. The more you take, the bigger the crime. And so, oh. uh, so anyway, governmental agencies are now going to be able to uh, enforce the power of attorney uh, to make sure that it's being complied with. Good. I agree with that. I like that a lot. I'm glad they're going to do that. Before we get into more laws that went into effect September 1st, I want to talk about a different law, a law from us, from me, that says the law is you should attend Michael's next workshop. Those are very educational and informative meetings that Michael has every four to six weeks with a number of listeners as well as others that attend his workshop. And the next one is Saturday, October the 14th. What time is that, Michael, typically? That will be at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. And where is it located? Uh, at our, there's an office conference center in our building, mm-hmm. which is right by Medical City Hospital, okay. uh, which is... Uh, near uh, Forest and Central Expressway, okay. Forest Lane and Central Expressway, just south of LBJ, okay. uh, about a mile south of LBJ, uh, which is 635. Right. I, as a Texan, I right. say the names. Right. Uh, I, I say a, numbers as a former yeah. Pennsylvanian. And they're, um, they're in person. They're not via Zoom. They used right. to be via Zoom during the COVID pandemic. Right, but, right, right. Okay. It, it, yes. During the pandemic, we had to go by Zoom. And okay. you see, the Zoom changed the world. Right. Uh, so we just talked about how technology changes. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of kind of go and it actually uh, quickened things in some respects, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's going to be... Um, uh, at, at, near, at our office conference center, which is uh, just uh, to the uh, north of Medical City Hospital at Forest near Central, uh, it's on. Um, uh, it, we talk about what you want to know. Uh, it's usually about estate planning or Medicaid or veterans benefits or tax mm-hmm. issues. People ask about wills or trust or powers of attorney. All the you never know what people are going to ask. The last one we did. It was mostly on the estate planning side. The one before that was mostly on Medicaid because it's not just a set story. Uh, although we will have a presentation, we ask people what they want to know. And, and and so you just never know what people are going to – that's why every workshop is different. Uh, so uh, to attend that next workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. There'll be, uh, if you do attend the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, uh, we also give you a free vision meeting. Oh, no, you can't get to the vision meeting yet. You've got to get to the coffee, the coffee mugs. Yeah. The cookies and donuts. You know, I tell people that the real reason why people the go to reason. this workshop. It's not the real reason. Well, 
Maybe for some. I su- you know, some people are collectors. I think you make fun of me when you promote the coffee mugs. That's what yeah, I think well, I, I don't know what gives you that opinion. <laughs> you, know, I, 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 you know, some people think that three free hours of legal education might be valuable. But I really think, that, you, like you said, that some may be going for pastries or cookies or coffee. Mm-hmm. But the real reason those people are coming, I think, maybe that— they're clamoring for those KAAM coffee mugs. Who could ask for anything more? Yeah. Christmas is just around the corner. It's October. Uh, you know, Christmas comes earlier every year. It used to be after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Now it's before Halloween. Right. So <laughs> You're so funny. I don't think they come for the KWM coffee mugs. We love to give them out. We love that they go quickly, and we I'm glad people really enjoy them. But trust me when I say Michael's workshops – and the education thereof are extremely valuable. You never leave wondering, why did I waste my time? Whether it's a Thursday morning, what's a Saturday morning, um, Tuesday morning, it doesn't matter what morning. And make sure that you attend and sign up for his next workshop um, and to attend it because it's, it's very helpful and it allows you to ask questions about your individual circumstances, and then you can roll into the vision meeting. And, Michael, tell them about the vision meeting again, please. Well, we, we just see what, you know, after you've gone to the workshop, which is on uh, Saturday, October 14th, All you we talk about what it is that you want to know, uh, whatever it may be. I, I, I don't know what it will be until you ask me the questions, and so everybody's situation is different. And that's what's always good about the workshop, too. You learn something from somebody else, uh, questions you may not have ever heard of uh, or thought about. Uh, and then you say, oh, gee, that affects me, or maybe it's just of interest to you. So uh, we hope that you'll join us then. Uh, and, uh, again, all you have to do to go that free uh, estate planning essentials workshop is to call 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. Great. Attend Michael's next workshop, Saturday, October the 14th at 10 o'clock. Okay, Michael, we got about five minutes left in the program. Other laws that went into effect September 1st? Yeah, there's so many more. I think mm-hmm. we may end up doing another show on this one. Okay. Um, the, another one is that, um, let's say you have, uh, sometimes when you have like a will, uh, you say, I don't want something. That's called a disclaimer. Um, and previously, uh, you had to go to court to make a disclaimer. But now uh, you could do that uh, without court approval if the spouse or if it's an ancestor or, or a dece- uh, descendant, rather. Um, so, so that's a little bit different. Interesting. Uh, another one I'm going to mention is on homesteads. Since you mentioned homesteads earlier in the show, now there's a law. So when you put—now we're talking about trust—when you put your home in a trust— this is different than, like, let's say your lady bird deed or transfer on death deed mm-hmm. into the trust after you die. But sometimes people put their home in the trust. Well, there was a court decision a couple years ago. Uh, there's a, the estates code and the property code, and the laws were a little bit different on homesteads. One is about it being a homestead, and one is about uh, uh, the credit protection. And so um, if you put the home in the trust, a revocable trust, or a trust where you have elements of control, you have to have special language. Uh, there, and, and so one is for the uh, homestead portion, one is for the credit protection. And so you have to quote 
basically both laws, and it became effective September 1, that you could use the home rent-free without cost and charge, except, uh, you know, there's a certain language in Section 1113J. Uh, and anyway, it doesn't really matter. You have to have this special language to not only get the homestead, even though it's in the trust, but also to have credit protection. In Texas, a homestead has credit protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so now that changed. Uh, that law became f- effective September 1. Uh, the court decision was a couple years ago, so we started putting it in a couple years ago, but now it's an uh, actual law. Okay. Uh, there's a thing called the rule against perpetuities that changed. Uh, uh, so this is, goes back to medieval England uh, used to be that in a trust, and this is different from state to state, so these both these things were mentioned probably would be something that if you moved to Texas that would be of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, on the rule against perpetuities is how long can the trust last? Mm-hmm. Um, used to be a life and life and being plus 21 years. Okay. This goes back way back when. Okay. So no trust could last longer than that. Uh, now it's the later of that or 300 years. Okay, because perpetuity means forever, basically. Right, right. So your trust can't last forever. Uh, so uh, now it can't go more than 300 years okay. or the later of a life and life and being. People are living longer, yeah. life and being plus 21 years. Okay. So uh, so this is when a trust becomes irrevocable. So, for example, if you have a revocable trust and you die, the trust becomes irrevocable. So then it has to terminate. Uh, another one is that some people have collectibles or things that they just don't want to have a particular beneficiary. They just want to keep the family to all use, mm-hmm. the family compound, the family uh, whatever it may be, the, the place, the deer lease or something mm-hmm. like or the, that or the property that they use. Uh, or I say deer lease. I guess it's some property that you want your family to use forever or for a long time. Right. Uh, and so without having a beneficiary, you could have a trust now in the past, you had to have a beneficiary so somebody could complain, but now there's a new law that you, you'll have to have somebody could uh, enforce it, and so there'd have to be a trust like protector uh, that could complain at a future date. So that's new uh, and something you wouldn't really probably think about. Um, actually, there's a way to what they call decant, where you could go into another trust and not even change the name. Uh, so sometimes people have different things have happened, so you could re- Take it from just like a wine bottle, you decant, you take it from one trust and you put it into another trust. So that's called decanting. Um, there's lots of more. I know that uh, there's if you have a foreign will, and mm-hmm. when I say let's say you had a will in another state, uh, and the in the past we have to re- we recognize wills in other states if we could prove it was valid in the other state. Now, if you could show that it was valid in Texas, you don't have to show that it was valid in the other state. I know little little bitty things that I know uh, probably uh, are are minor. And then uh, another thing is you could declare, uh, let's say you're a surviving parent and you want to uh, say who your your spouse has died uh, and you want to declare who you want as a guardian uh, and you haven't let's say put it in a will or anything like that, you could actually have a written declaration of who you want to not only serve as taking care of your kid, but of the assets on behalf of the kid by written declaration. Excellent. There are so many laws that have gone into effect just last month. And thank God Michael's on top of all of it. Um, This is some of them. uh, For some people, it's irrelevant. For other people, it's life. It means a lot to a lot of people. Michael will use the phrase 
little or itty bitty, but they can mean certain things to a lot of people. So make sure you're current on all the laws. And if you won't be, Michael is. And thank God for that. If you have other questions about your estate plan, attend his next workshop, which is Saturday, October the 14th at 10 a.m. Dial 214-720-0102 or go to Dallas Elder Lawyer. Com. Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. The record shows I took the blows and did it my way. A leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.